Hello, my name is Adam Snyder, and this is Good Bad Movies. I'm here, of course, with Adrian Lopez. Adrian, how are you today? I'm good, Puddin. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, I'm not good. I'm much worse off after that. Oh, man. Oh, man. So today we're talking about the Suicide Squad. Not yeah. Suicide Squad, but not the. Not to be confused. The Suicide Squad 2021 recently came out on HBO Max. Yeah, and... and... You know, I would say this is the Suicide Squad. Of the two that exist, this is the one you'd want to watch. Because uh, that 2016 movie, the the one known as just Suicide Squad, I guess it succeeded because it made me want to jump off a bridge. So, <laughs> damn. I was not a fan of that movie. <laughs> uh, I think that's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. It's like top 10 worst movies I've seen. So, already a huge improvement on that movie. Movie. Yeah, I, by comparison, this movie is gold. Yeah. Pure solid gold. This movie's, you know, if, if we look at this movie as a metric of, is it an improvement of the last one, then yes, this movie far exceeds all the precedents that was set up for it. So yeah. I'm impressed with it in that regard. But if you take it out of the lens of DC movies, uh, then that's where I begin to have criticisms. Me too. Well, I'm, I'm eager to hear uh, your thoughts. Because it's a new movie, maybe we should briefly just, you know, detail the plot, air quotes around detail, and, and then we can get in, into the uh, the actual review of it. Because it's new, you know? Sure thing. All right. Because I think a lot of people are going to watch this movie. It opens with a shot of, I guess, James Gunn's boy, and also my boy because I love him, Michael Rooker, sitting in a bizarre prison in a long white Geralt wig that Hollywood loves whipping out every so often. <laughs> Sitting uh, in this bizarre courtyard of a prison and he's like throwing a baseball around with like crazy superhuman precision and he kills a bird with it. And uh, then he gets pulled out of the courtyard and thrown into the premise. And, and I do like how they do this at the beginning. Amanda Waller, who is of course the director of the Suicide Squad, she's the mastermind behind this crazy lucrative idea. She pulls him out of prison and she says, you know the drill. You got a chip in your head. Follow what we say or we'll blow your head up. And, and I like that they kind of skip over that because it's like, okay, by this point, you know the premise. You've probably seen the original. And if not, you you know what the premise is. You've heard about it. And I like that they skip that in this movie because you don't need to know it. And uh, then they throw Michael Rooker on a plane with a bunch of zany characters. Yeah, do you want to take it from here? I just uh, wanted to talk about Michael Rooker. So. <laughs> Michael Rooker, a welcome sight. Uh, and then, yeah. I just want to mention that Amanda Waller is played by Viola Davis, who is a fantastic actor. And yeah, he, he nonetheless, he's thrown into this plane. And there we meet quite a wacky bunch. Uh, we, of course, meet Harley, who is the million dollar name here. If you didn't get why I called Adam Puddin, it's not just because I have love for him in my heart. It's also because she says that it's mm -hmm. like her thing. I am so as much as I love Margot Robbie, I'm so tired of this character. And <sighs> I would be okay if it was never on screen again. But you do have some more interesting characters that don't feel so overdone, right? You have uh, Javelin, who is a guy with a javelin. You have, uh, yes, you have Weasel, who is this just disgusting weasel man. You have uh, Captain Boomerang, who actually comes back in this movie. They, they bring that character back along with others. And there are a few others. There's also Pete Davidson, who has a name. I think he just plays Pete 
Pete Davidson. It's Blackguard, but it's, yeah. he's Pete Davidson. Yeah. Whatever, dude. He's Pete Davidson. And uh, at this point in the movie, when you're watching this wacky crew, you start to notice that, like, John Cena's not here and he's in all the ads. Big Shark Man isn't here and he's in all the ads. Of course, Idris Elba is nowhere to be seen. So this is when I started to wonder, like, what are they doing here? Because I'm not seeing the people I, I clicked for, really. Especially that shark. I wanted to watch the shark in action. Part of the reason I even wanted to see this movie. But no, we're presented with, with this ragtag bunch. And essentially, they, they drop them down on a beach. And we find out that they have been ratted out by Pete Davidson's character. As they land on the beach and they storm it a la Normandy, they just start to get torn apart by bullets. Pete Davidson's the first to go. Uh, you watch his face explode, and it's fantastic. It, the gore in this movie is really, really good. But then one by one, these characters start to drop like flies. You also have Nathan Fillion playing one of the small roles in this movie. Uh, he plays the detachable kid named TDK, and his superpower is that he can remove his arms and attack people with the arms that have been removed. The point is that, you know, they're taking heroes and, or rather, villains that are from the wackiest days of DC, right? Uh, you know, the 80s, 70s, 60s, when they were just, I don't know what they were doing. I guess like post Woodstock, they were just coming up with crazy characters like the detachable kid. But you know, they, they put them on screen in 2021 and there's a charm to that, but they're gone really quickly in this movie. They just use them as cannon fodder. And you know, right out the gate, who's going to survive. It's Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. One thing I would like to point out, this beginning crew, like like you said, they're none of the names you clicked on it for, uh, and they don't seem sustainable. They don't. <laughs> I will claw my eyes out if I have to watch Pete Davidson in a superhero movie for a feature-length film. But they're they're all just very gimmicky, very goofy characters. Then you're you're thinking like, well, they can't do a whole movie about this. Like Weasel, Weasel. They're doing jokes about him. Like they they question if he's a, even like sentient, like a human would be. He has these disgusting bug eyes. He's like, it, it's a visual gag. And I would like to point out this initial group seems to be all of. James Gunn's favorites. These these were all people from Slither. Right, Nathan right. Fillion, Michael Rooker, and Weasel is played by his brother. So right. that's his cameo. Sean Gunn. <laughs> uh, you know, Sean Gunn famously is, is in everything James Gunn does. Exactly. So that's his one uh, cameo for this. Which is super wholesome, actually. I love that, yeah. I wanted more of Weasel, personally. That was like maybe the one character that... That's their Groot. Nah, I guess the, the shark. King Shark is his name. Yeah, I please. Guess their Groot. Put some respect um, on his name and do not call him the shark. He He's King Shark, sir. Yeah, he's King Shark. He's King Shark. Um, and they don't refer to him as that in this movie. They refer to him as a Nawi. Nawi. Nawi, yeah. But I wanted more of Weasel. And luckily, if you watch the post credit scene, you, you learn that Weasel's not actually dead after this opening sequence where everybody else dies. But anywho, and you realize that they're, that they're using this disposable squad as a diversion of sorts for the real A-team that's coming in. And that, of course, is Idris Elba's character named what? Bloodsport? Yeah, yeah. Idris Elba's character named Bloodsport. King Shark. Peacekeeper. Then you have who else? Uh, we have Ratcatcher? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you have Ratcatcher. Which, uh, notably female Ratcatcher, who I right, don't right. believe is a female in the comics. And they, they, they say it's She's normal Ratcatcher's Ratcatcher son, but I, I am not sure if that's actually a character in the comics, but I think it's a good change for the movie. But yeah, I digress. Yeah, it's, I digress. I would love 
love to meet the person that complains about Ratcatcher being a woman. That person is a uh, is a huge fan of Terrifier. No one should care that Ratcatcher is a woman. I promise you, you didn't hear about Ratcatcher before this movie. Get out of here. Is that is that it? No. And then we have um, Joel Kinnaman as Colonel Rick Flag. Yes, Joel Kinnaman is also in the first one. He's in a few things. He's also in the RoboCop remake. This man. I'll say two things about him. I remember when I first saw him in that first movie, Suicide Squad, in 2016. This guy was by far the most milk toast actor I've ever seen on screen. Just like a big dude, handsome, but like cannot act to save his life. Um, he was also in a show called Altered Carbon. I've seen him around, and every time I've seen him, I've been so disappointed. The guy must have taken acting lessons or something, because this is his best performance in all of the things I've seen him in, and I've seen him in, again in quite a bit. So shout out to him, man. I actually didn't mind him in this movie. I saw him in the cast, and I, I rolled my eyes, wondering why. But I, I liked him in this. I, I liked him as much as I like any other, like, Joe Blow G.I. Joe character. I love your premise of he became a famous actor and then took acting lessons Dude, for this movie. Stranger things have happened. Let's not forget John Cena is now a famous actor. <sighs> they eventually uh, they, they do this whole thing definitely based on Cuba where there's this small militant island country that the U.S. has almost an imperial hold over and the country's going through regime changes and eventually we find out that they are also hosting this incredibly dangerous alien technology and that is what the mission is all about getting control of this alien technology in the midst of this regime change because the previous regime on this island was was u.s backed this new one is not much to the chagrin of the u.s government which uh, the big twist in this movie is that they wanted the alien technology all for themselves. They fooled the Suicide Squad into thinking that they were going in to save the world. They really just wanted to uh, wipe the records of their involvement in this terrible experiment and gain control of the technology. That's our movie. That's really the movie. It's a mission to basically gain control of this tech. And one of my favorite things, I'll just throw this in there since we're talking about it already, is the inclusion of Starro the Conqueror. Very, very niche Justice League villain, which is truly just a big starfish from space. I thought the way that they incorporate Starro uh, is really clever, actually, in this movie, and I'll, I'll give them mad props for that. I liked it a lot. Makes me eager to see, like, what they would do in a sequel. I think there's a lot of room. The DC canon is huge, and they've got a lot of ridiculous stuff in it, so I'd love to see what they come up with next, but that's essentially our plot, and Adam, I don't think we need to go too deep into it past that. Yeah, um, a bunch of I, chicanery happens. Yeah, <laughs> I, think, I think we could talk about individual performances, thoughts, and, and feelings on things. All right, let's lay these cards down on the table because I got a lot to say. Yeah, you start. Okay. Oh, man, where do we even begin? So first of all, I'd like to talk about the humor. James Gunn is known for his humor. We've talked about it before. We just did Slither not too long ago. And, and that's all we talked about was how he has this specific brand of humor that works. It's, it's always funny. It's always subtle. But in this movie, it's not so subtle. And that's fine. But uh, I, I watched this with my brother and we came to the uh, conclusion that that the written jokes, the like verbally told humor, the dialogue that is supposed to be funny is not. It is so just cringy. It's so not funny. It's so horrible. Like ever, yeah. I can think of so many instances. Like at the beginning where they're like, what 
this weasel is a kind of a dog, and it's it's so dumb. It's so yeah. stupid. It's There's riddled not a, yeah, with that. Yeah, and, and that is consistent throughout the whole thing, is how terrible the jokes are. Well, that can is, I ask you a question? What? I, I'm wondering if you think that that's the script's fault, or if it's the delivery, because I agree, like, I, I would have never written those jokes, and I think oftentimes I didn't find myself laughing at the jokes themselves, but if I think back to, like, Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2, I can't help but think about, like, the delivery by all those actors and, and the chemistry that they have. I feel like that's what's really lacking in this movie. Yes, this movie feels like it's trying to emulate that too much in a little, yeah. it's a little abrasive. I think it is written terribly a lot of the times. I don't think, I think the delivery isn't that good, but I also think in all these actors' defenses that the jokes are still just horrible, horrible, horrible. My least favorite one, I'll say, was there's a scene where, where Ratcatcher has a rat that waves at this rebel fighter and she's like is that rat waving at me and then colonel rick flag says yes it is and, and they, they go off on like this nonsense banter that isn't really a joke there's no punchline but like it's clearly trying to be funny it's horrible regardless it's horrible now while the jokes are terrible the visual humor is pretty good that's where i give props a, a lot of times in this movie i did laugh because there was something funny to look at like weasel alone just looking at him makes you laugh he looks ridiculous absolutely and that's where this movie excels i agree i i thought um weasel was funny a lot of king sharks moments were funny king shark played by sylvester stallone we left that part out oh yeah uh, Most important. sylvester stallone is probably not trying to be funny <laughs> i think i think i honestly don't think he can form more words at this point than king shark can i think this is truly just how he speaks but i you know i thought he was funny i thought his delivery was solid and i really liked his lines looking at him is hilarious because he's just this big shark in jeans um, <laughs> and I also really liked rat ca anytime rat catcher was doing her stuff calling all the rats watching the little rats swim and and move I thought was cute silly and it made me giggle every time so I agree I think a lot of the visual gags are super solid in this movie and we didn't say it initially because I did not have it pulled up but rat catcher is played by Daniela I don't know how to pronounce the last Melchior. name Melchior. if she's Portu Portuguese it's probably I, uh, Daniela Melchior then she, yeah, she's probably one of my favorite parts about the movie as well. Yeah, she's not bad. You know, I like her and Idris Elba's relationship, though a bit ham-fisted. They do like the dad and daughter thing, and I think they do it pretty well. I What I didn't want in this movie was any romantic relationships. I don't need that. The first one had that terrible Joker, Harley Quinn thing, and it was so bad, mixed with terrible music. Just terrible, 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 terrible. This movie steered very clear of that, um, and I'll take that wholesome father-daughter relationship over a romantic one any day. I like the direction they took it. Okay, well, another thing about this movie. I don't really like superhero movies at all at this point. I feel like I'm right. so bombarded and assaulted every day with superhero media that I'm fed up with it. I don't ever want to see a superhero again. I'm done. I'm sick of it. However, I've always liked The Suicide Squad. You know, there's a lot of animated movies that are very enjoyable. And for me, if you're going to have a Suicide Squad, you have to have King Shark. King Shark rules baby he's a shark in jeans like 
it's the, it's the best thing ever. It's amazing. And I loved him in this movie. I'm so glad it was Sylvester Stallone because, like you said, his goofy voice made this goofy shark that much better. Uh, and, and I really wish they would have used him more. They made him just kind of this dumb golem. And I would have loved to see more King Shark. But that's, you know, my personal preference. I always want to see more King Shark. To be fair, they also made him a tank. When he's in action, dude, he is cool. That's what he does. He's a tank. That's what he's it's always awesome. doing. It's always yeah. his role. Yeah, I, I really liked King Shark. I, I liked watching him. Uh, you're right, though. I could have used more King Shark. So many no, angles. Do you have anything? You Do you have anything? You're on a little tear. Okay. I like it. Keep All going. right. Like you said earlier, Harley Quinn at this point, done to Ugh. death. I don't trust people to write for this character. Maybe it could work. Maybe Margot Robbie could do this, but I don't trust anyone to write a script with this character in it and have it not be just such a dead horse. Oh my God. At this point, it's tiring. I don't know. I'm sick of her. I'm sick of it. I washed my yeah. hands of Harley Quinn. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's it's hard because I, I agree with you. I mean, I hate superhero movies now. I really do. And like, I collect comics. I, I love superheroes it's not that i dislike the narratives it's that marvel cinematic universe murdered these things for me they they really did and what's a shame is that like harley quinn is cool in batman the animated series where, where she originates from and uh, she's got a lot of really great episodes and the choice to have margot robbie play her i think is excellent margot robbie is fantastic I completely like, agree. Super talented. I love everything she's in, basically. I mean, uh, I, th I think she's a, a fantastic performer, and I think she does this character in a way that nobody else could. You know, she makes Harley believable, which I think is certainly a tall task. I'd be hard-pressed to name another actor that I think is, is capable of doing this. And at the same time, I completely agree, dude. I think the writing for this character is, is, is just bad. I don't know who it is that needs to be at the helm of one of these, Maybe it should be Margot herself in the next one, you know, since she seems to have such a grasp of the character. But uh, something needs to change. They either need to get rid of this character, which they won't because she's a cash cow. But I I'm really tired of the hot topic... <laughs> coexist bumper sticker iteration of Harley Quinn that we get here all the time. It's tough. I want it to not be true too because you know as much as King Shark is Harley Quinn is also a staple of the Suicide Squad. You have to have her to have a Suicide Squad movie but it's just not done right ever you know. Sad. Yeah I shop at Hot Topic. I want to throw that out. That's really <laughs> I buy band shirts from there. So it's not, not a big disc, but... I go with him, and then I have him buy me the free shirt when you buy two and get one free. So And, and they had this whole B-plot with Harley Quinn where, like, she gets captured by the rebels, and then their leader explains how he loves her and his people love her because she is a symbol of rebellion against America. And they fall in love, and they're going to get married, and it's the most ham-fisted out of the blue plot point yeah it makes no sense and it's completely out of nowhere and it feels like it's there just so they can have like a Bleh, harley quinn doing things sort of moment and, and that's where the writing is bad that's why it's done wrong is because they've tried to write in this bizarre plot point that didn't need to be there at all and yet i feel like this movie would have been worse without her in a weird way like and again i didn't even love her in this movie the character when i when i say her i mean the character
character. But I don't know that the movie would have been better off, right? Because I don't think that anybody else is uh, is really holding this thing together. Maybe, maybe that's the main issue. First of all, you and I are not huge Harley Quinn fans. I think that there are definitely way more people than we would think out there that watch this movie and just get a kick out of her being on screen. That's a million dollar character. And I mean that. Like, I mean, like, she's a brand of her own. Maybe if you beef up the, the King Shark and uh, the uh, Idris Elba and Ratcatcher storylines, but I don't think that those really command the attention for long enough. No, I, I should clarify that. I think she adds to the movie, but I think this plot point doesn't. I think... Oh, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I think you could have had this movie with her just making witty quips in the background of the rest of the squad, and I think it would have worked. They, they didn't need to shoehorn in this weird plot that made her have more significance. Like, she could have just been there. It's okay. This, this plot with her is bizarre it's weird i hate it and i think that leads that leads me on to segue into my next and probably greatest criticism of this movie and that is corto maltese i think is the name of this island country yes i could talk for hours about this country please please okay so like we said this is it's cuba it's just supposed to be cuba and or at least some island nation of in latin america whatever they're invading this country and trying to steal this space weapon star of the conqueror for the sake of american interests the current regime that has just sprung up is what they have considered anti-american interest and so they send people in to basically topple the government at first they're like yeah they they hate america we gotta defeat them and then at the end of the movie they're like the twist is america was bad and and <laughs> they reveal that like the suicide squad was sent there to just to destroy evidence of America's involvement in the horrific experimentation that happened in this country. And also to destroy the government so that way they can't start beef with America. And it feels like at the end, they try to make this absolutely lukewarm to ice cold political take. America's bad sometimes? And it's like, ooh, oh. And also is the Suicide Squad, is this cheeky movie the place to make these political statements? like this whole movie they've portrayed this nation as like the evil latin americans like that's what they are and, and they go mow them down and they're wearing camo and they're armed soldiers and, and they're such a like the evil country until this point and even at this point they're still it's vilifying this this thinly veiled cuba basically and and that doesn't yeah. feel anti-american interest as much as they try to pretend it feels like you can't have i'm not explaining this well you can't have both you can't vilify this nation and then also try to make a political statement that America messes with Latin America. Like, right. choose a lane. No, I totally hear you. And at the end of the day, I mean, I agree with you in everything that you said. As you can imagine, it was a little frustrating for me. Yeah. <laughs> it was frustrating for me. Uh, I'm sure it was worse for you. It, you know, con c considering recent events, too, in Cuba. And honestly, like, if you don't think this is a metaphor for Cuba, I don't know what movie you're watching. <laughs> like, it's very obvious. It's a, it's a, they even talk about how it's close to the country and that you know they're trying to protect their interests in that country uh in corto maltese whatever it's called it's not subtle and you know they they do kind of address the the imperial nature of the u.s and and the way that we distort narratives and kind of prey on countries that don't bend to our will and i did appreciate that about the movie but i did get frustrated at the vilification of these
these peoples. What I saw it as while I was watching it was just, it was a business decision. I was seeing, you know, maybe James Gunn or whoever had, you know, the the hand here, most of the hand in writing the script wanted to make like an anti-imperialist statement, but it didn't feel like they could commit 100%. You know, they didn't, they didn't think that they could uh, be too heavy handed with the critical commentary on the U.S. Does that make sense? Absolutely, yeah. I I thought the same thing the whole time. I was like, this DC, what is it? Warner Bros. owned. Yeah, it's Warner Bros. Just blockbuster film that's supposed to just supposed to appeal to the greatest mass of people that it possibly can is not going to make any worthwhile political statements. You know, it's going to be so right nerfed. I, I don't know. <laughs> right. I, when when you're the company that has created number one or number two of the most nationalist characters known on planet Earth. I'm referring to Superman, and Superman might be interchangeable with Captain America from Marvel. I don't know. One of those is is definitely like the poster boy for America. But nonetheless, when that's what you're known for, you might as well chill out, because you're not going to get the message across that you want to. You know you're going to lose fans. When you know your fan base is so broad, and that there are so many people on different sides of the aisles in the movie theaters watching this thing. Maybe don't try to make such a ham-fisted point. Maybe just try to make something fun. And I'm an advocate for people putting their political beliefs in their art. I think that's a super important thing to do. But this is really half-baked. This is really half-baked, and I just wish you wouldn't. If you can't do it, like, with your chest, (laughs) don't do it. Absolutely. Um, Because I'm sure Warner Bros. was breathing down their necks this whole process. Like, I I guarantee you, they were like, watch out, corporate interests. And at the end of this movie, when they succeed in their mission and do topple the regime that has just sprouted it's because the good rebels take over there's a second group of rebels that immediately sprung up and they took over and killed all the bad leaders and now they're gonna be better somehow i don't know why they're different how are they different the rebels just took over and now there's another group of rebels and when they take over it's okay because they're the good guys like once again this vilification it's like they're the same group you just want one to be evil so you can kill them Right. Remorselessly. I don't know. I hated that so much. I hated this ham-fisted just, oh, well, you know, it's Cuba. There are rebels. It is. Disregard the fact that these rebels have no plans for what this new government will look like. I know, they just, they took over the government and all was good. They also, like, establish early on in the movie, there's this whole gag that the Suicide Squad inadvertently kills basically the entire uh, rebel faction, inadvertently. And yet, like, at the end of the movie, you're supposed to believe that they have enough forces to establish this, like, revolutionary government. It's really dumb. It's really dumb. It's a super weak point in the movie. And yet, I would say that I think this movie gets stronger as it goes on, I think the finale, like where where the the big battle with Starro is really fun to watch. And I loved watching Ratcatcher get her big finish. You know, she sicks these rats on Starro and they climb in its eye and eat its veins. And it's just like super gnarly. Quite a fantastic finish. But I got an agreement. Not to sound like an angry NFL fan, but keep the politics out of it. Keep keep your almost non-existent soy bread politics, your lack of politics really out of it. See, I 
like soy, so I, I think that's an insult. I do too. I love soy. But you know what I <laughs> yeah, mean? Yeah, I do. <sighs> it's upsetting. Uh, it is. It is. Um, and I, I agree with you. I think it. This movie disappointed me. Yeah. I'll say that. I was disappointed. I expected more from a James Gunn film. Me too. I, and it felt like they were taking the Suicide Squad in a goofy direction, which is the direction, if you're going to make a live action Suicide Squad, that it should be. And I was yeah. so excited. I thought, oh, it's going to be like Guardians of the Galaxy. I trust James Gunn. And uh, it wasn't all that it snuffed up to be. Also, John Cena is in it too much. Like, he's at first this dumb, they make jokes about him character, and then he ends up being one of the main antagonists by the end of the movie, and it's John Cena. I hate John Cena. Get your, You're not an actor. Get out of my movie. Get out. I don't like I like you. that a lot. I don't like him. I don't like John That's Cena. That's such a take. I mean, I don't like John Cena either. I think John Cena is... I, I, I don't particularly like The Rock, and yet I think John Cena just pales in comparison to him. Oh, yeah. Could have been The Rock. Could have been Dwayne been Johnson. I, but they wanted a generic, like, Joe guy like uh, John Cena for this. Yes. You, you know that's what they wanted. And, like, I get the bit. I actually thought Peacekeeper was kind of funny. He's this character that his name is Peacekeeper, but he has huge guns, and he, like, literally he has huge handguns. He's got Desert Eagles that he dual wields. And he's also John Cena, so he's jacked. There, there's a line he says where he's he says, um, I would kill as many women and children as necessary to keep the peace. And it's like, ha ha, he's like an American military outfit, you know, like th that, that's the bit, you know, he's keeping global peace, but he's also killing people. But that's more ham-fisted politics. It's a good gag, but they bring it back several times. And at the end, spoiler alert, Peacekeeper with all of his nationalism is the guy that's actually, uh, he's the one that turns on the Suicide Squad and Benedict Arnold to them. So really, really half-baked very predictable and again disappointing from a guy as intelligent and as talented as James Gunn. Now I I'm sure the production of this movie was cursed to begin with especially the pandemic. I, I feel like we got to extend the olive branch on that one and what I think they put together will please 98% of the fans. It's important to note that Adam and I do not like this formula so we're already looking at this from a different perspective because we don't like these hundred million dollar that's a guess these hundred million dollar superhero blockbusters. We're just not big fans of them. I was hoping I would like this one a little more. Uh, it fell a little short for me personally. The selection of characters too. I'm glad King Shark is in it and I'm glad Polka Dot Man was in it because I feel like those are unique choices. Oh yeah. Polka Dot Man rocked. Polka Dot Man was great and Idris Elba was great as Bloodsport. Isn't he always? He Yeah, I like Idris Elba. Old reliable. Old really, oh, reliable Idris Elba. I love him. But uh, the point was made that at this point there's too many characters that are just man with gun. You know, that's what Rick Flagg <laughs> is that's what Bloodsport is that's what Peacemaker is that's what Deadshot is and there's other characters I could have chosen they could have like thrown in like Killer Frost or Bronze Tiger you know no, don't or... worry they're gonna make two or three more you're of these. right bring bring them in bring in the good ones <laughs> so you know they're gonna drop them <laughs> that those are my thoughts that's how I felt about this movie. I agree. So as of this recording, this movie is still available, and it's available until September 5th. So that's worth noting. If you feel comfortable and you can do so safely, I'd actually recommend going to your local movie theater and watching this. I think uh, I think you'd probably have more fun with it than I did watching it on my TV. So if that's in your budget, and again, you feel you feel safe doing so currently, given the circumstances, I think this is... You know, I think my entertainment would have gone up about 50% had I gone and seen this on the big screen. Yeah, watch 
watch the Suicide Squad with your squad. That's a better way to do it. And then uh, I agree. And then uh, laugh at Pete Davidson getting domed. Yeah, uh, that was my favorite part. Was when Pete Davidson got shot in the face. Yeah, the gore oh, in man. this movie, like you said, we are uh, neglecting the gore, but the gore is fantastic. I love it. I love it yeah, so much. Yeah, it's really good. It's really good. Yeah. So there are some strengths. I mean, I think that the I think the character design was all really fun, all really interesting. I thought the gore was very good. Visual gags were good, but ultimately you got a plot here that's just kind of weak but i think that you know with a cold drink in your hand and some popcorn you could have fun watching this movie and if you're already a fan of this model these superhero movies you'll probably love this movie if you find yourself not enjoying these types of things you could probably pass on it and uh live a long happy life all right well thank you for joining me adrian yeah thanks for having me thank you everybody for listening goodbye